Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. Good morning, Ashish. How are you today? Good morning, Wayne. Thanks for having me back. There is, as always, plenty to talk about, but let's talk about some good news that we got just this week, and that's the Moderna vaccine, which uh, is remarkably effective, 94.5%. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, no, two in two weeks, right? Last week it was Pfizer, and this week it's Moderna. Um, I, my guesses are about the same in f- effectiveness, both of them over 90%. We'll get the real numbers when we see the full set of data. Uh, but let's be, let's be very clear about what all of this is. This is terrific news. Um, plenty of caveats, just the press releases. We don't have the full data. All of that is right. But it has made me, uh, I was feeling optimistic about vaccines last week and, and getting this information from Moderna really has solidified that. And I have to tell you, even though the other vaccines that are in the works are not exactly the same kind of mRNA vaccines, they're different. Uh, I'm guessing many of them will come in at very high levels of effectiveness as well. And what it may end up meaning is we have three or four vaccines that are all highly effective. Now, again, we don't know that yet, but we at least have two good stuff. This is good news. And apparently one of the features of the Moderna vaccine is it does not require such intense refrigeration. Um, Does that give it an advantage in terms of distribution, storage, and then, you know, dispensing at pharmacies and other places? It does. It does. And so the Pfizer vaccine really needs to be kept frozen around 90, negative 96 degrees Fahrenheit and then can be thawed for a very short period of time. So as you might imagine, that's gonna really limit distribution. And the Pfizer vaccine, I think, can be given out to, let's say, hospitals for healthcare workers, can be given out to larger institutions, but small doctor's offices are gonna have a hard time with it. Uh, Moderna vaccine is much more stable. Uh, It needs to be refrigerated uh, and not kept at that super low temperature. It's just stable for a much longer period of time. And so I can imagine if both of these are coming on at the same time, that a certain set of institutions get the Pfizer vaccine because they can handle it. And other institutions get the Moderna vaccine because they, they can't handle the Pfizer one. And that just increases the number of people we can get vaccinated quickly. So in the week since we last talked, uh, the pandemic continues to ravage the United States and the world. And and there have been a number of developments in the United States, uh, some negative and some positive. Maybe you can just sort of give us a summary of of what you have uh, witnessed and observed and taken note of in the last seven days. 
Absolutely. So um, last week when we were together, Wayne, um, we talked about how things were getting pretty bad. And that acceleration has only worsened. And uh, right now we're averaging over 150,000 uh, identified new infections every day. Uh, we have more than 73,000 people in the hospital. We've never had a number that high in the country. And by the way, I and we've got at least a half a dozen states where they're saying they're running out of room, they're running out of ICU beds. Uh, and most of the hospitalizations are still to come because the hospitalizations we're seeing right now reflect infections that happened 10 days, two weeks ago. The explosion of infections in the last week uh, haven't even shown up to the hospital yet. So uh, things are going to get much, much worse, unfortunately. And so the good news on vaccines is great, but we're months away from widespread vaccinations. So I think people need to take action. And we're seeing action starting to happen. Uh, universities that have been open. So, for instance, Brown University has been open. We've had in-person classes. Uh, we're pulling back. Uh, we're pulling back. Uh, later today, we're going to get an announcement that we're going to go to what we call sort of phase one, which is online classes for the next week before Thanksgiving. My, my favorite, uh, favorite isn't quite the right word, but I think the best model for how to do this right now is Michigan. Uh, over the weekend, Governor Whitmer announced a series of, of proposals uh, in which she shut down indoor dining, shut down indoor recreation, limited indoor gatherings in people's homes. But here's the part that was controversial, but I think is really smart, Wayne. She's keeping K through eight schools open. And she's doing that because the evidence at this point is really pretty clear that K through eight is not driving a lot of infections. So what I have been saying is if you want to be evidence-based, if you want to be data-driven, close indoor gatherings as much as possible, uh, but keep K through eight open. Uh, a, it's really good for the kids. Uh, it's good for parents too. And, uh, and no evidence that it worsens infections or is a source of infection. So uh, a bit controversial, but I think clearly the right thing to do. Also in the last week, uh, the Trump administration continues to not cooperate with President-elect Biden uh, on many fronts, but for this for this conversation on the pandemic in terms of what should be done in a, an ordinary transition. First of all, do you have any hypothesis as to why? And, and second of all, what is the impact in terms of the continuing toll of this pandemic? Yeah, in terms of why, there are two parts of why. One is, of course, I think the president is having a hard time accepting the fact uh, that he lost. And I only say that because he's still tweeting that he thinks he won when I think everybody knows he didn't. Um, that's one part of it. The second part of why is the president has gotten convinced by his main uh, pandemic advisor, Scott Atlas, uh, that actually what is happening in our country is a good thing, uh, that we want to see lots of infections because it will get us to population immunity, what he calls herd immunity. Uh, it, it's actually really, really disturbing that anybody who would actually believe that that hundreds of thousands of people getting infected every day, uh, 1,000, 1,500 Americans dying every day is, is a good thing for our country. Uh, but, but Scott Atlas has really pushed that and think that has also made the president be less interested in trying to work with the Biden team. I do think it's essential, right? And, and, I, and the model I have often brought up is the, is the Bush-Obama uh, transition when we were in the middle of a financial crisis. The, the cost of not doing this 
is that the Biden team is going to show up on January 20th, not fully prepared to bring the pandemic under control, not fully prepared to help out hospitals, not fully prepared to get vaccines out. And it is going to delay everything by a month or two. And given that we're having 1,000, 1,500 deaths a day, delaying by a month or two is just enormously costly in terms of economy, in terms of lives. I think it's unconscionable at this point to just say, because of my petulance, I'm, I'm going to let tens of thousands of Americans die. Like it is unconscionable what is happening. Uh, people have to just people have to push back against this and say we can't accept this. I guess the final point, uh, we are coming up in just over a week on Thanksgiving, which, of course, is a, is a major holiday, long celebrated by Americans, beloved. It's, you know, when we get together as winter is approaching. And um, the guidance is not to have large gatherings. Talk a little bit more about how at this time during this pandemic that this is probably when you, you need to sacrifice. You know, during the Second World War, people sacrifice when there was a major cause. Uh, talk about that. It means limiting what you do. But let's hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, is a, it is a hard moment because we want to celebrate with our families. It's been such a hard 2020. And Thanksgiving has always been a really meaningful part of our family tradition where we get together often with my um, you know, elderly parents or sometimes with my spouse's family. And, you know, and we eat too much and, and, and uh, hang out all day and do all the stuff that everybody does on Thanksgiving. And it's really meaningful. Uh, we just can't afford that right now for a couple of reasons. I mean, the single biggest one is there is no way to make that a safe thing, given how much infection there is in the community right now. And so what I have said to people is part of the reason I'm not going to see any extended family is because I want them around in 2021. I want to be able to see them next year. And it's not worth it to have one Thanksgiving meal and then have somebody get very sick or die as a result of it. And I have thought a lot about how do we make it safe? And there is no way to replicate the normal indoor gathering to make it safe. What we're going to do is we're going to have a, have a nuclear family, my, my spouse and I and our kids, we're going to have, have dinner together. And we're thinking about getting together with some friends for, on a walk outside. And we're not going to share a meal, but being outside is pretty safe. Now, there are parts of the country where you could have meals outside. I'm not sure we can do that in New England. But if you can have a meal outside and have a little bit of distancing, that might be okay. But it is an issue of sacrifice. We're in the middle of the biggest health crisis in a century. And we've gone through periods of time in our country where we've not been able to have uh, meals. You know, if you think about the soldiers who were serving in Europe during World War II uh, and, and the soldiers who serve right now for our country in, in Europe and in the Middle East, and uh, they're not going to be home for Thanksgiving. They sacrifice every year for our country. I think we can all do it together one year, sacrifice to get through this time period so we can emerge in 2021 stronger and safer. Thank you, Ashish. As always, it's great to hear your insights. Uh, we'll see you again in a week and, and stay safe and take care. Thank you so much, Wayne, for having me back. And I look forward to talking next week. Be well. 